Welcome to the Community Church Podcast, your place to belong. Thanks for taking the time to tune into this week's message. I hope that it blesses and encourages you. to turn to first Peter chapter 5 because we're going to go there uh, first and then quickly over to Joshua 24 um, but uh, of course it's Father's Day and I, I wanted to share a word um, and before I went on holidays uh, we knew the theme we knew where we wanted to go but I wasn't sure how it was going to unfold and uh, God just began to lay some stuff on my heart this week and I just want to share that word uh, to you guys today as as dads but not just to uh, dads in this place it's a word for potential dads, and it's also a word for us as a church, a church family, to really begin to look at what we can do uh, to, to uh, invest in um, and things that we can do to help uh, dads, uh, stepdads, men of God, potential fathers, all that kind of stuff uh, as we go uh, into the future. Actually, if we can take a quick uh, step back, and if we can go to that picture of the boy, um, I, I saw this picture a few months ago, I don't know if you've seen it of a little boy standing at the top of uh, what looks like a really uh, crazy drop down in the ocean. Good thing the ocean's on the other end of that. But although, based on the height and, uh, you know, the distance, I'm thinking if you went off of that uh, deck or whatever it is or the wharf there, you're definitely going to hit water, but it's like hitting a wall kind of a thing. And, of course, the caption underneath is why boys need parents. How many, how many parents here have uh, boys? And you know what I'm talking about, right? Like there's something, don't get me wrong ladies, don't, don't, don't get upset and angry with me. I know girls can be competitive and all that good stuff. I mean look, I've got three girls, I know what they can be like. But, but there's something about boys that there's, an, there's, there's just inside their genes that you, you tell them they can't do something. And something inside of them says, yes, I can, right? And it just, they don't care about, they don't care about the idea that I might break my arm or break my leg or whatever. They would rather discover that first and then, you know, you tell them, I told you so. They, they, they don't mind that, right? And, and so there's just something about the competitive nature uh, of boys. And it doesn't end when they're little, after they're little boys. I mean, once you get into, look, I've played, I've played men's softball in Christian leagues. And the Christian leagues, by the way, are the worst. I uh, just want to make that public and clear. They are the worst. Uh, and I love, you know what my favorite thing about playing with guys you know, that are in their mid-30s, is that they actually still think they could get scouted and make it to the bigs. That's my favorite part. Because then I start chirping them all the way through. That's See, I may not be a great athlete, but man, my chirping game, it's up there, bro. Get me going, I don't stop, man. So, But it doesn't stop. You know, I was talking to uh, a friend of mine, John, who, you know, comes here at the second service, and, and his dad uh, is known as the weightlifting pastor. Uh, he pastors out in Windsor. And he's 63 years old, and he's still doing weightlifting competitions. And at 63, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, he was in a competition, and he, he lifted, uh, he actually broke what I think is the world record for bench press for his age category, 63. He benched over 365 pounds once. I'm not even close to that. I just got to tell you right now. Like, I, I'm not even halfway there, man. Like, it's crazy, you know. Like, 63. And then it triggered my mind. I'm like, what's the oldest male athlete? Do you know the oldest recorded male athlete right now is over 105 years old? He actually competed in Poland. He did the 100 meter. He ran it in 34 seconds. He did a shot put uh, that he threw for 14 feet. 
at 105. I don't even know if I could throw it three feet. I'm just saying, right? And then he did a discus, 24 feet. There's something about guys, and again, it's not just, you know, males. I mean, I know females are competitive. I know there's ladies in this room that, you know, you've played sports. You're probably still playing now. But there's just something about the competitive nature within boys that, that, that just, it's there. No matter what it is, whether it's wrestling, whether it's playing a video game, whatever it is, there's a competitive nature. And I want to call on that competitive nature today. That what God has placed inside your life as a part of just being a guy that God is actually calling forth out of you to be a spiritual characteristic. Because at the end of the day, you may not be aware of this, dads. You may not be aware of this if you're a stepdad. You may not necessarily be aware of this as, you know, just a man of God and maybe you're an uncle. And, and I'm, 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 I'm hitting a broad stroke today because the word that God's dropped on my heart is, is not just for dads, but I'm thinking about our young men and I'm thinking about how they're being raised and, and I'm thinking about, you know, their, the call of God on their life because there's an enemy that is out to take you out. And there's a reason why. And, and this week the Lord reminded me of this passage in 1 Peter 5 verse 8. If we can put that back up again. And Peter says, hey listen, be alert and sober of mind. Like you, you, you need to be watching constantly. Because there is an enemy, your enemy. The devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. John 10 says that Jesus has come to give us life, but the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. Everything that God wants to do in any of our lives, the enemy wants to rob, take away, destroy. And that word destroy is this idea of like utterly just wipe out your existence spiritually. That you and I wouldn't have a footprint in, in the supernatural or the things of God. That, that's the goal of the enemy for everyone. But even more so, I want to draw attention that even more so, that in the same way that, that, that there's a number of ways or a number of reasons why the enemy wants to take each of us out and looking for that moment. Some of it has to do with the fact that God has placed a significant role on your life, Dad. For potential dads inside this room, for uncles. You know, and, and, and can I just pause right there? Because I know that we have a, uh, you know, uh, in our church, we do have several single moms that, you know, have to walk this journey at this stage of life. And, and, and they're trying to, they're, they're doing both roles, you know. Maybe, the, maybe there's an absentee dad or something happened and maybe the relationship broke. Or maybe dad's still in the picture, but, you know, you're not always together. And so, you know, you're, you're kind of filling in in bits and pieces. Things are on the fly. And, and I just want to say right from the get-go, I so honor you for, for stepping up and rising up and doing all that you can in, in both of those moments. And I just want you to know that even though this word is directed towards his dad, or maybe you're a single mom, not a single mom, but you're a mom inside this place, but, you know, dad is not necessarily serving the Lord right now, and you're praying and believing for, you know, his salvation, and I'm believing with you, you know, that this message, because if we follow God's plan when it comes to being the church, then, then in the absence of a dad, whether spiritually or both physically and spiritually, God's plan, if we as men rise up to the role that God's called us to and we act on it the way that God has designed it and expected, we can step into the gap as spiritual dads. We can step into the gap as quote-unquote uncles of faith that can step in and begin to help you in any way that we can, that you invite us or open the door for us 
in the way of partnership through ministry and whether it's youth ministry or, you know, kids. I think about all the kids that went to Bounce, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, you know, we had a couple of dads that went along and, and they spent the weekend with some of our boys and, 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 and just, you know, loved on them and shared faith and, and, and was with them when those kids were pressing into God. Those are moments and areas that we can step in. But, but to every dad inside this place, there's an enemy that's out to take you out because of the role that God's placed on your life. That when you look at Hebrew tradition, when you look at the Old Testament, you know, when you look at the role of a father, there are so many different uh, roles and different things and responsibilities of fathers or husbands. And it was quite clear they were meant to be a major source. You are meant to be a major source of influence in all areas of life. I mean, in the, in the Old Testament, that, that extended beyond, and this is where I'm talking about us as dads or, you know, future dads or uncles or stepdads, where we can step in and help some of our single moms that are walking through that. Because the role of husbands and fathers as the heads of their tribes in the Old Testament, that influence and that, that, that responsibility of being that, you know, to bring nourishment, provision, to bring protection, that was the three main roles of a, of, a, of, a, of a leader of a tribe. It extended beyond his immediate family. It extended to all of his servants, all of the people that were under his home. He, he made sure that if you're under my care, you're under my care. But the biggest one wasn't just practical. It was spiritual. Do you know the Old Testament makes it very clear that the husband or the father of the home is meant to be the priest of his home. The spiritual leader to inspire, to stir, to challenge, to speak to. Now, that's not to say, hey, mom, you don't play a role in that because you do. My, and our family, man, Cora rises up and takes her place, man, and, 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 and with great authority and speaks the word of God over our kids' lives, you know, and and, uh, and, you know, praying for them and, and, and counsel and all that kind of stuff. We do that together. But, but Cora knows, man, like, and, and I know some of you are going, yeah, but that, you're a pastor. You know, God's placed on your life, PC. It just comes natural. No, you don't understand. Before I ever got called to ministry, my passion for God started a long time before that. And so, yes, I challenge my kids, you know, almost on a daily basis to the point where, like, come on, Dad, seriously, let up. You know, like. Cut us a break. And I'm like, no, I can't. Because you're in my care. And I love you too much. I love you too much. And, you know, we see an example of this in Joshua chapter 24. It's a famous passage of scripture, verse 14 to 15. Notice what, what Joshua says when he's standing before the people. And they're talking about going in and taking the land. And, they've, you know, they've done all these things. And he made this very clear to all of the tribes. He was the leader of all the tribes. But he's like, hey, listen, I'm just going to represent my house in this moment. And he says this, verse 14 says, now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods of your ancestors that you worship beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you. So listen, you've always got a choice. Like if you really want God, that's up to you. If you don't want God, that's up to you. you, you listen, Joshua makes it clear. This is about individual choice. Except that in this case... He's making a choice on behalf of his family. Listen to what he says. He goes, choose for yourself this day who you will serve. 
whether the gods of your ancestors that served that you served beyond the Euphrates, which, by the way, is the reason why Moses and the rest of their generation didn't make it across the line of the promised land. They missed out. God started fresh with Joshua and the next generation. And he says, listen, you can either serve those gods that will lead you to nothing. Or you can do what we're going to do. And here's the famous line. But as for me and my household, he's making a declaration for everyone in his care. He's stepping into the place that God's called and designed for him as the leader And not just the leader practically, but the leader spiritually. He says, listen, as for me and my household, could have been hundreds. We're going to serve the Lord. That's how we're doing this. And he left it. Now you choose. Dad, you need to know today that you're in a fight. Hey, every young man inside this place, one day... When you become a dad, you're going to take on that role. And I'm going to tell you right now, this is the time to begin to carve out that character. Because it doesn't get any easier when you get older. There are as many challenges and temptations as you get older than it was when you were a young adult. This is the moment to allow some men, whether it's your own father or, unfortunately, there are cases where, you know, some of us in this room, we didn't necessarily have a good, uh, you know, father role model. Maybe it's, uh, it's broken and hurting. And, and can I just say this? The Lord just spoke this into my heart last night. You need to understand something that no matter how bad something is, I believe that God always wants to restore it. He is the God of reconciliation. And you and I might want to run from it because we don't want to deal with it. And you might be here today and you're saying, I'm not going to deal with it. And you just need to know today that that God loves you too much to let you walk away from something that God wants to bless you with. Now, I understand that that also is on the other side and they've got to choose that as well. But but, but it's, this is really about you. Who, what are you going to do? And in serving the Lord, God says, listen, I've designed the family unit to function in a certain way. And there are different roles and there are different responsibilities. And I believe that the enemy is sneaking around in subtle ways to take out dads because of the role inside your life. And if anything, we need to rise to that occasion. This is where the competitor inside of you rises up, you know, and, and you need to see the enemy like that. You know, if anything, I would love for you to have, you know, the attitude of, of smoking Joe Frazier. How many know or remember uh, smoking Joe Frazier, right? You know, it was, I, I don't know why it just came to my memory the other day, and I know boxing is not as popular as it once was. I mean, back in its heyday, I mean, boxing was like the leading sport, right? It was all over everywhere. And uh, Smoking Joe uh, said this about when he walks into uh, the ring. He says, listen, when I go out there, I have no pity on my brother. I'm out there to win. I'm out there to win. He had 37 professional fights. 27 of those were knockouts. He had four losses in that, and the four losses, two were to Muhammad Ali, and the other two were to George Foreman. He didn't lose to, you know, some, you know, some chump. I mean, he lost to some pretty powerful boxers. He had one draw. He, in 1964, he was Olympic champion, gold medal Olympic champion for the United States. And he said, listen, when I go out there, this is my attitude. I have no pity on my brother. Can I just take the word brother out there and put enemy? Dads, I'm challenging you today. 
men of God, potential dads, stepdads, uncles, if you're a male inside this place, can I speak to this today? As a dad, as a follower of Jesus, you are in the fight of your life, and it's not just for you. You're fighting for your family, and not just for your family today. You're fighting for your family 10 years from now, 20 years from now. What you do today will set the tone for tomorrow. It will set the tone tomorrow, and it's not meant to say, hey, listen, if you feel like you struggle in that area, maybe you don't feel like, you know, you can, you've risen to the, the challenge, or, you know, maybe you feel like there's moments where, like, and I had one of those moments this week, man, I felt like a horrible dad. I thought, God, what a great week to be preaching on Father's Day and have, like, one of those dad fail moments where you, it'll go down to history as I would definitely not, a, I would never get a gift on that day. I can tell you right now, right? You know, Sarah said yesterday we were in the hospital, and she said, you know, one thing about my dad, she goes, my dad never, ever yelled at me. I said, oh, man, my kids can't say that. I'm just saying, you know. like, <laughs> Larry, man, I bow down, bro, because I got to tell you, man, like, you know. Because, man, listen, I, I, I don't mind telling you. Have I failed at moments as a dad? Absolutely. If I had to have moments where I've had to go back to my kids and apologize for my attitude or the things that I've done, a hundred percent. Was my dad, you know, the perfect dad? No. He had his moments too. But you know, my dad never ever stopped striving to push the things of God inside my life. Not, not in an overbearing way, by the way. But in a way of coming alongside, man, and just speaking life and encouragement. I remember times where my dad would say to me, listen, at some point this faith journey has to become your own, Craig. You know, and I can, I can take you to youth, and I can take you to, you know, different things, and I can say, hey, listen, as long as you live in my, because that was a rule at our house, man, as long as you lived in our house, man, when we go to church, you're going to church, and when there's youth, you're going. There was no, man, there was no, I, I tried everything to get out of it at times, and my dad's like, nah, sunshine, get in the car, let's go. <laughs> we lived in Brampton, and we went to church in Black Creek Drive. We drove every Sunday, twice on Sunday, Sunday morning and Sunday night. Right? Every Wednesday night, man, for, you know, kids program. Back in the day, the POC had this whole Crusaders thing, man. So we had this, like, scout uniform kind of a thing. And we did this whole, man, it was horrifying. But anyways, it's another story. Like, it's like, I'm scarred for life, you know, kind of thing. When you got in trouble, you had your thing untied. So everybody knew you got in trouble. Yo, man, it was brutal. I'm just going to tell you right now. So we're going to start that program next week. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, you know, I just, I just know that there are times that we fail, and, and maybe we didn't do it, and maybe we even have regrets of the past, but can I just say, don't let the enemy use that. You see, that's the stuff where the enemy, like a roaring lion, is just waiting for you to have that thought, and then he just comes along, and just comes alongside, and he just begins to jab at you a little bit, and he begins to say, hey, listen, you remember when you failed? See, that's how he does it. He doesn't necessarily come to give you the knockout punch. He just comes to lead you to your own demise by making you think that the one time or the ten times or the twenty times that you and I have failed as dads, that that will last forever. And God says, no, 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 I'm the God of reconciliation. I'm the God of redemption. I know this is my game. I know how to do this. And I need you to follow my lead and step into your role and responsibility. Don't take any pity on the enemy. 
Man, let that, let that just challenge you more and more when you're sitting with your kids, when you're sitting with your spouse. Be the leader in your home. That's the role that God has placed on your life. Now, I will say this, and as I say this, I think I might just build a barrier in front of me because I think some women are not going to be really happy with me in a second. So uh, earlier this week as I was praying, uh, guys, if there's anything that your wives can throw, can you just move it out of their hands in a second? But you'll understand where I'm going with this. I was, uh, I was sitting, I think it was Wednesday night, and I was mulling over my thoughts, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit reminded me of Ephesians chapter 5. Now, I've got to tell you that if there's ever a scripture that um, is hard for anyone, but especially women, to bite on, it's Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21 to 24. I'm not even going to put it up on the screen because I don't want to stay on this point long enough for you to read it. No, I'm just kidding. I just forgot to do it last night because I, I kind of referenced this on Thursday, but I really felt the last couple of days the Lord said, no, 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 I want you to speak to this. Ephesians chapter 5 is the passage of Scripture that talks about, hey, you know, you're supposed to submit to one another. That's verse 21. Verse 22 gets really juicy. Paul says, hey, listen, wives, submit to your husbands. Now, if you're a guy right now, look down. Do not look at your wife. Do not grin. Uh, do, do not do anything. Just pretend you did not hear what I just said. So submit, to your, submit to your spouse or submit to your husband as Christ, you know, in the same way uh, that you would Christ. And I'm paraphrasing here. I actually have a, I got it here in front of me. Let me just read it exactly. Because the Lord just, even before the service, he said, you got you to speak to this. You'll understand in a second. Don't hate me and don't write me hate emails. If you do, you can send it to Jonathan at communitychurch.ca. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. That's really important. For a husband is the head. He is the head of his wife as Christ is the head of the church. He is the Savior, which, talking about Jesus, not husbands, by the way. You're not the Savior. Jesus is the only Savior. Just to be very clear. Don't be going home today going, hey, Pastor Craig said I'm the Savior. That's not what the Scripture says. I know you may have a hero complex, but you're not that good. Anyways. Verse 24 says that as the church submits to Christ, so wives, you should submit to your husbands in everything. You know, over the years, I've, I've and I've intentionally, you know, done this in premarital counseling, especially with um, uh, brides that are, um, you know, really strong on establishing, you know, girl power, women power, you know, that kind of thing. And, and I have no problem with it. You just need to know. I have three daughters and I, I think my girls can do anything. And they know that I know that, and they know that I say it, and I expect them to, to rise up and do whatever God's called them to do, and they will do it. And I believe that God will bring a partner into their life. Someone they can do life together. They're not going to be, you know, uh, they're going to be a part of whatever, doing this thing together. But listen to me. I just want to be very clear about this passage of Scripture before I say what I'm about to say. Because I remember sitting there on Wednesday night going, God, I am not using this scripture. I dug around and dug around to find something else that I can use. Because of, it was this word head that God just began to impress in my spirit. 
because you need to understand today that, that, that this is not a passage of scripture that will ever, and if you're inside this place and you believe this, hand in your man card right now because you are not walking out being a man of God if you believe this. This passage of scripture does not give men or husbands or fathers in this place this thing that you are dominant or that your wife or your spouse, your, 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 your wife or any female is uh, inferior any, in any way, shape, or form. The scripture is two things. One, it's describing roles and responsibilities. And it's using imagery to give us an idea of what it's like to submit. But the key is as unto the Lord. But the submission part, which is interesting, because, because what's, what's interesting about this is that at the root, this word refers to submission in the way of cooperation. But here's the trick, guys. It is upon us to lead our homes in the same way that Christ led the church. And he did everything in the best interest of the church, even to his own detriment, meaning his own death, and resurrection so that the church, you and I, can have life. And in the same way, every decision, every choice, every action, everything that you do, this scripture actually is actually a call and a challenge to you as a dad to submit yourself to the will of God and to the best interest of your family before your own. That's what I love about this, that you and you would love your spouse, your wife, like Christ loved the church, who he gave everything. This passage of scripture, and I don't think it's as much anymore, but there was a day, and there's probably still segments of Christianity that will use the scripture and say, listen, I'm the head of my home, I call the shots. No, you don't. You only call the shots that God calls. You only make choices and decisions, and just so you know, and I'm not afraid to say this, and you might think, well, he's saying this now because Cora's not here. I promise I'll do this in the second service too. But Cora and I decide on everything together. We're partners, cooperation. There are times where, yes, and you ask Cora, she'll tell you. There are times where we'll be discussing something, and she'll get to a point where she'll go, Craig, I really don't know what to do. You decide. You decide. And I don't know where she learned, I'm just assuming because of her mom and dad and her walk with God, but she understood that, and then I'll make the decision. But here's what Cora knows about me. She knows that I'll never make a decision in my best interest. I never have. I'll always look at something. Man, even if we're watching TV, I, I was thinking about this the other night, man. Even when I'm sitting there watching something that I've been wanting to watch for a week, that I've PVR'd, and Cora will kind of come downstairs and she'll say, oh, what are you watching? And I'll go, nothing. Come on in. What do you want to watch? Man, I, listen, I, can I just publicly say this, man? I highly admire and honor my wife and my children. And I want to do whatever I can as the head of my home. That's the role that God's placed in my life. That doesn't mean that wives, you don't have a role. Absolutely, you got a role. There are some great calling, and there's a great calling on moms and care and all these different things, man. But, but listen, dads, we can't, we can't, you know, shy away from the role that God's placed in our lives. And I'm going to wrap it up with this. And here's why God challenged me on this. As I was studying this word and I was resisting having this, talking about this, because I know how awkward the conversation can be. I know how, you know, if you don't speak it the right way or teach it the right way, it can come across the wrong way. And, you know, you don't want that because, you know, when you want to lift up men, but at the same time, you're not lifting up men, uh, you know, by, by putting down women. That's not my intent today. Because that's not how I see light. But I also understand the role and responsibility of what the scripture says. 
And then the Lord just began to remind me about the heads of tribes. And then all of a sudden I started reading. And did you know that in battle, especially in the Old Testament, in fact, only in the Old Testament, that in battle, when it was commonplace for the Assyrians, the Babylonians, and David did it himself, by the way, that when they defeated their enemy, they cut the head off. Do you know that the head in biblical language represents the seed of life? And that when you cut off the head, you're making it very clear that there's no more life to the rest of the body. Now, I just want you to tell you, I just want to say this. Thank God that Jesus is the head of every person inside this place. And his head's not coming off. He's victorious. And so we walk in victory. But the Lord just challenged me. And I'm going to end with this. Um, and Rebecca, if you want to come, please. And the Lord said to me, that's what the enemy wants to do. Is he wants to take out the head. The heads of our home. He wants to hold it in the way of mockery. And the Lord says, what kind, of, what kind of impact happens in our families when the enemy is successful in cutting off the head or damaging the head? And I'm not going to suggest to you today because God is so much bigger than all of those things that, that man, God can do anything. But listen to me. It definitely messes with and lessens the impact and the influence that God intended on our families. Dads, hear my heart today. Yeah, there are moments where you and I might mess up. But don't you dare let the enemy try to take you out because you are a significant part of what God is using to influence and bring life to your family spiritually. Spiritually. And dads, we've got to rise up to that. But here's what we can do as a church. The Lord, just as I was studying, I saw another thing that that's part of the reason why. Because the head is known as the seat of life that many times, you know, you would anoint the head to speak. It's a, it's a symbolic thing of speaking blessing and prosperity on the head. It's life. And so we're going to do that all over this place today. And we're not going to just do it for dads. We're going to do it for every male inside this place. Because there are uncles inside this place. You may have not had your own kids. Maybe you, you know, you're, there are spiritual dads inside this place. There are young adults in this place that you haven't gotten to that place. And you probably don't even want to have the conversation about having kids yet. You're just like, KPC, don't, don't go there. You know, just don't go there. Things like Father's Day and Mother's Day is one of the most difficult Sundays to preach, to be quite honest with you. Because you recognize some of the hurt and some of the brokenness that, that gets exempt, like it just blows up in seasons like days like today. There are people that won't go to church today because they know there's going to be an emphasis on that. And I just think the enemy is trying to rob us again. Because God can heal. And I say that in the most gracious way. I know it's not easy, but man, if we step into the plan of God, 
and we love on. When I think about the single moms inside this place, I just think, man, what can I do as, as a mentor, as a male, you know, I was going to say male model, but that would just come across the, totally the wrong way. But, you know, <laughs> uh, you know what, we got to stand. You can stand. All the, everyone stand. And if there is a male beside you, a husband, a father, potential dad, would you take 30 seconds all over this place? I apologize for us being late today, but I hope this word resonates inside your heart. I hope you hear my heart today. But would you let your, would you put your hands on a dad today or a young man today beside you, and would you just begin to speak blessing over them? Just go ahead. Just go ahead and pray over them, man. Just pray that simple prayer. It doesn't have to be anything like big, but just declare that right now in Jesus' name. Doesn't matter what your role is, man. You, like I said, you can be a stepdad, you can be a, a dad, you can be a potential dad, you can be an uncle inside this place, whatever it is. But we speak blessing over you because God has a place and a role and a responsibility for you. And God is expecting you and I to do it the way that He expects us to do, which is we we lead in the same way that Jesus led, and we love in the same way that Jesus loved, and we. We, we, we sacrifice in the same way that Jesus sacrificed. We put our families, we put our children, we put, listen, we put our next generation, our students, our children before us, and we just believe that God will take care of it. That's what he does, man. He takes care of all of our dreams. He takes care of all those things, but we're going to sacrifice for the next generation, and we're believing that you are going to leave a spiritual imprint on your, your families, the families of this church, the young men, the young women inside this church, that are going to grow into the things of God because you chose not to back down and you chose not to have any pity on the enemy, but you chose to walk in there confidently knowing that even if you fail, even if you get knocked down, even if you get pushed, one of the things about Joe Smoke and Joe Frazier is that the, he was known for just relentless pressure. He never let up. Don't let up today, but rise up even in your failures. Man, dust yourself up and step up. So, Lord, we bless the heads of, ho of homes today, future homes. We, we, we bless every male inside this place. And, and Thanks for listening in to this week's message. Be sure to follow us on all social media to stay updated with everything Community Church. Also check us out at www.com.